0: This is a main hustle media podcast.
1: I like them both, I just can't decide cause. Tonight I know I need you beside us. I'm a chronic baby, coming me by career. I like them both. There's no need to decide, no. We like girls, we like girls and boys, boys. We like girls, we like girls and boys, boys. I'm a chronic baby, not nobody.
0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Bi-Furious podcast with Mixed Girl Maine. I am your host, Charmaine, a.k.a. Mixed Girl Maine. This is a safe space podcast for all of you folks out there that are in the LGBTQ plus community that feels marginalized by the mainstream LGBTQ plus community. So if you're multiply marginalized or you just feel like you need a non-mainstream LGBTQ space, This is your spot. And I am back from accidentally multiple hiatuses. I'll explain that. Uh, I started the show back in June as sort of a gut reaction, an instant reaction to being fired from a position that I had left another job for. So in May, I left a job that was very toxic work environment. I interviewed, turned in my notice, started this new job. And within two weeks, it was clear to both myself and the employer that we were not a fit for each other. Nothing bad about the place. It's just that the job that they sold was an executive assistant position, which is what I have done and what I applied for. But what it really was, was a very speedy transcription service and a dictation service to be writing emails for the owner. And that is not my skill set. And I could not work at the pace that they wanted me to work at. I was miserable while I was there. I'm pretty sure they were miserable with my performance. And within two weeks, I was let go. So for the first time in 41 years of life, I was fired for not being a right fit. And that had never happened to me before. I had been laid off before, you know, companies going out of business or departments being cut, budget issues. I, have been, I had been let go for circumstances that were outside of me, but I was the person affected by it. But this is the first time that off of merit of my skill set, I was not the right fit. And- in my defense, if the job had been advertised correctly, I wouldn't have accepted it. And in their defense, I told them I was willing to try anything. <laughs> you know, I, was, I wasn't going to back away from challenges, I guess, is, is how I sold myself. And I didn't back away from the challenge. I just couldn't meet the challenge. And so I was on a Friday morning after two weeks of being at this place. I got there at 7. By 7.15, I knew I was out the door. By 8.45-ish, I was home and recording the first promo to Buy Furious. I was already thinking about it, but I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with the show. And just getting fired and this fear of unemployment and all this other kind of stuff that happens when you're in these kinds of moments, especially because my husband doesn't usually work during the summer because he's an adjunct professor. Luckily, this summer he did work. Um, I was just like, I got to start another show. And so that's what happened. So I didn't really have a full-on plan when I started the show, and I got two episodes in, and I was really struggling. Even though I really liked my second episode, I was really struggling with what the show was supposed to be, and I just kind of freaked out and didn't release my third episode in July, which would have been the second week in July. And I didn't announce it. I think maybe I might have done something on Twitter or whatever, but I didn't say I was going to take a break. I just didn't do an episode. And I was like, well, it's a new show. Maybe no one will notice. (laughs) Um, And then also I decided, and then because of a lot of stuff going on, I decided I needed to take a hiatus. And I took a hiatus during the month of August for my mental health. I actually were calling it a mental health break. And then I realized later on how that sounded. So I started calling it a mental health hiatus. And I took a break from all four of the shows on the Main Hustle Media Network. I wasn't editing. I wasn't seeking out new interviews, really, necessarily. I was just trying to get my life together because I was, I was feeling really lost. And I still kind of am because uh, it's been almost three months and I haven't found a new position yet. And I'm getting to the end of my money. And I could very well be homeless in a month from now, not jokingly, like literally. Savings is gone, 401k is gone, life insurance policy loans are been taken and I haven't found a new position and my husband's adjunct position has just been cut to one class. So we do not currently make enough money to survive in our current situation and it's not going to be easy to find a new situation because you need money to move and we won't have it. Uh, So things aren't great but Because I took that mental health hiatus in August, my coping mechanisms for how I'm getting through things right now is a lot better than where I was a month ago. And so I say two hiatuses or multiple hiatuses for Bifurious because I kind of impromptu took a break in July and then I took a full ass break in August and I'm back now. I'm refreshed. I feel better. Life is still difficult for me, for my standard of life. I am in a difficult position but I'm working it out. I'm trying to figure things out and I am not falling apart yet even though I'm a couple weeks from (laughs) potential disaster. And also if you haven't been following me on my other shows, you may not realize I always laugh when things are bad uh, uh, towards myself. So defense mechanism engaged. But I'm excited to be back. I have a whole new outlook on sort of what the direction I want to take this show and I think I am ready to share that with y'all. And it just so happens that in coming back in September, September is Bisexual Visibility Month. I mean, technically, I don't think it's officially Bisexual Visibility Month. I think it's, we've only get, been given a week, September 23rd through the 30th, and a day, September 23rd. But it's my show. I'm going to take the whole damn month to celebrate bisexuals and to try to combat bisexual erasure and promote bisexual visibility. So, I know the show's called Bifurious. That's because I'm a furious bisexual. That does not mean that this show is not about the entire umbrella. Anybody that is within the LGBTQ plus umbrella or queerness, however you are most comfortable describing it, uh, this show is for you. We are LGBTQ plus from the margins of LGBTQ plusness. <laughs> and I think that is a great way for me to approach this show because I don't fully engage in the LGBTQ plus community. I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel like I have a space because when I think of queerness or the the letters LGBTQ, I think of white, cis, able-bodied men primarily. That's been my experience in the environments I've attempted to engage in and I feel like in the mainstream, a lot of people just think LGBTQ plus means gay men. I may be wrong, but it has been my experience. And so that's why I'm approaching this show with a lean towards the POC lens because I am a person of color and a lean towards the marginalized subgroups of the overall umbrella of LGBTQ+ness. plusness. I want to get into some of the subgroups and the marginalized groups that are within this community that even I'm not a part of as well. We're going to have an upcoming episode about disabled visibility in the queer community. We're going to talk about access to services with, when you're from a non-mainstream part of the queer community. We're going to get into a lot of things over the next couple months. But this month is about the bisexuals. <laughs> so what I did is I reached out to a few people on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, some friends, some people I don't know. And I just said, do you want to celebrate bisexuality with me this month? And I got some great responses. Like I said, some folks are my friends. Some folks are people that I just connected with through social media. But we have a nice collection of people that want to discuss bisexual erasure and promote bisexual visibility whilst also celebrating themselves, even though some of them I had to force to celebrate themselves. And celebrate the other awesome bisexual folks that they know. I'm using the term bisexual because that is what the, uh, you know, official umbrella celebration is for. Bisexual Visibility Day, Week, Month. But I'm including everybody in the B+. Bisexuals, Planned Sexuals, Omnisexuals, Heteroflexibles, Homoflexibles. Whatever your sexual identity is that includes more than one gender in your sexual attraction, I'm gonna go ahead and count you as part of the B+, and I'm gonna be celebrating you this month. Doesn't mean we won't celebrate everybody else on the other episodes, but this month is about the bisexuals. So before we get too far in, I want to share this clip. I don't even know where to place this clip, but it's one of the favorite things I've ever recorded with somebody else, and you're definitely gonna get this person popping up on future episodes of bi furious we we met through twitter through a friend kind of no not even that we met through twitter because we share this a same friend and we got to talking one day realized we had a lot in common jumped on skype and started recording not knowing where the conversation was gonna go and they said this
2: i just got (laughs) bored one day in my early 20s i decided to give dick a chance <laughs>
0: so that is still <laughs> that is still one of my favorite things someone's ever said to me while recording i love it i i know i need to share this whole conversation but we were all over the place that i don't really know how to package it for an episode but i'm i'm going to figure it out the voice that you heard was Dee, Dee sweets they are also a fellow podcaster and like i said we met because we share a friend and because we shared this friend who was retweeting both of us, we discovered we liked what the other one said, and that, and that's how we became friends. They just recently moved cross-country, so no more physical face-to-face access to each other, but we got Skype and we got Twitter and everything like that, so you'll definitely hear DD Sweets more in the future. I've also been a guest on their show as well, but yeah, I just wanted to drop that little gem in there for you. That was literally a nonsense. I have nothing else for that. I just wanted you guys to hear that clip. That's it. That's all. I describe myself as a bisexual hyphen polyamorous woman. And the reason why I hyphenate it versus keep it separate is because I'm always a bisexual woman. But in our society, in which is considered predominantly monogamous, I would end up having to shut off part of my sexuality just to exist in a monogamous romantic relationship. But because I am polyamorous, which is a lifestyle, My lifestyle allows for or affords me the ability to live my full sexual orientation and maintain a long-term romantic relationship, or at least as of right now, a one long-term romantic relationship because... I ain't dating nobody else at the moment. So because I'm bisexual and because I'm married to a primary partner who is male, I am. I do get a chip on my shoulder sometimes about people's perception of me. When they see me side by side next to my husband, there's times when I'll be like, ew, I don't want people to think I'm straight. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I'm not straight and I want to be identified for what I am. It crosses over also in the race identity side as well because I'm a mixed race woman. I present differently than everything that's mixed inside of me in fact if you look at me in person you'll not be able to determine what race I am because I neither present black nor Japanese nor white so all of these ethnicities don't register a race when you look at me so I have to be the one if I want to I have to be the one to tell you I'm I'm black Japanese and white it's just kind of the same for my sexuality unless I happen to be with both a male and a female partner which has been the case in the past And maybe I'm standing in the center of them and I'm like, this is my girlfriend and this is my husband. I'm not going to be viewed automatically as a bisexual woman. If I'm walking down the street with my husband, I'm going to be perceived as a straight woman. And if I have a girlfriend, I'm going to be walking down the street with her and someone's going to perceive us as lesbians. Neither description fits me. So I want to be considered bisexual and I'm not the only bisexual person that feels this way. What, well, what, what is th- at the heart of your identity? What is, what is the biggest thing that you kind of deal with?
1: So I think the first thing actually kind of is erasure, but in a different way. So I, I am currently, uh, and I guess for the foreseeable future, um, married to a cis man, right? And mm-hmm. so Same. it was like after, after a whole beginning part of my life, which was very much part of that, like, um, Inter community erasure part, right? Mm-hmm. Then I think now we have a lot more by acceptance mm-hmm. um, in the community, but I'm in a straight presenting relationship, right? So right. I feel like I always kind of feel like when I meet new people or I start a new job, I'm always like looking for the opportunity to throw in, like, oh, by the way, I'm
0: totally <laughs> queer. Like, <laughs> same. Oh my gosh, <laughs> same. I mean, like,
1: this in there and it not be like awkward or weird or forced um because i feel like i i feel like i have to uh, like assert that right um because it's not like immediately evident right um and that's kind of a weird that's a weird place to be in but it's also in a strange way kind of like a a pride a proud mm-hmm. place to be in because you know earlier it in my life it was it was something that i felt like i couldn't talk about um for other reasons. And now it's like, trying to find a way to put it into the conversation. So
0: that's a a very big part of growth for
1: my, for me as well.
0: Mm. It's funny that you say it the way you do, because in my younger days, it was always kind of like, well, I don't want to have to come out for the sake of coming out. Like, I just am this and you'll pick it up or not. And then now that I'm 19 years deep into a marriage with the with a cis male. Uh, we're poly though. So, you know, um, but there's times when I know I'm being straightified in a conversation mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, we're like, I'm double Dutch. I'm on the side of the, of the ropes, ready to jump in, trying to figure out like, all right, how do I insert that I'm bisexual so that they know I'm not straight? Cause I don't want them to, you know, like, I don't want them to <laughs> think that just cause I'm married to a man, I am straight. So it's funny. Like I can picture that moment for you as well, where you're just like, all right, is this, is this something that can come up organically so that right. I can be fully representative of myself? Or is this something that is going to be like, oh, here she goes again with this, you know, got to always tell who she is, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, so I'm Fawn. I identify as a bisexual, bi-plus cis male and really excited to be talking to my girl mixed girl main again
0: yeah i'm really excited because you're my only male identified bi guy so far and i want to celebrate the male side of bisexuality and our b plusness because it's i think the most invisible side of bisexuality
2: yeah i think you're right I think you're right.
0: We've talked before about sort of your transition from primarily identifying as a gay male to transitioning into identifying as bisexual.
2: Yeah, so I did things backwards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, the, the that's typical hilarious. Story, yeah, the, the, the typical story. <laughs> and I, in fact, I think the reason why I didn't identify as bi when I first came out is because gay men are usually accused of using bi as a kind of bridge to... to Put their toe in the water, and you know they they really are gay, but they just want to ease the blow on everyone. And say you know I'm bi, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then a few years later, nah, I just, I'm just into guys. um So you know I'd heard that coming up. I guess God, um let's see. When I came out, it was 2009. So wow, that was nine years ago already. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, you know it, it's it, it's funny because it wasn't that long ago, but at the same time it feels like a world away in terms of LGBT issues and how we're perceived and people coming out and all of that. Um but yeah at the time, you know, among the gay community, with little of it I knew, um people who identified as bi, they just weren't believed and more than that they were feared. It's like I wouldn't want to date a bi guy he's just gonna leave me for a woman It's funny because on one hand, they believed you enough to think that, that you would leave them for a woman. Right. But then they don't believe you. They just think you're actually gay. <laughs>
0: right. If you're willing to have sex with a man, you have to be gay.
2: Exactly. This is
0: a very weird part of, I it drives me insane. I don't understand what it is. Yeah. So, it's this weird thing of thinking, like, we both don't exist as bisexual. We're not a real thing, but we're Except a, a, a real huge threat. threat. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> I was like, what exactly. the hell? <laughs> exactly.
2: So, you know, with that kind of opinion of bi people, I said, you know what? I'm going to skip the immediate step and I'm just coming out. I'm gay. Um, and looking back now, I realized that there were, there were definitely women. I was like, hmm. She's kind of fine, but I just assumed it was you know the, the kind of gay admiration of women. You, you had the, right, the okay. trope of the, the gay best friend, that sort of thing. Um, and then so another way, so one way I did this backwards is I identified as gay, and then it came. Out. Another way, I do this kind of backwards. I decided to be um, polyamorous. <laughs> and then realized that I was interested in all genders. <laughs> um normally people think of it the other way. The other like, way around. like all it's genders. The right, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um Yeah, so for me, you know, I, I after some soul searching I realized that the kind of typical monogamous nesting relationship thing just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um I love my autonomy I want to do my own thing. I want meaningful long-lasting relationships in my life, but I just don't want to build my life around romantic relationships, and right. I didn't see much of a reason to limit it to one person. I think falling in love with someone's a blessing, falling in lust with someone's a blessing, platonic friendships are blessings, and if I don't have any good reason to limit them, I just didn't see why I would. Right. Um, so after that decision, promptly discovered a friend had a thing for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we had lots and lots and lots of amazing sex. And, you know what? Um, I was like, oh, you know what? Vaginas are kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> they are kind of great. <laughs> wish, wish someone had told me. <laughs> they're
0: great to have and they're great to play with.
2: <laughs> yes. yes, they are.
3: Yeah, I'm Chalet. Um I'm bisexual mom of two. <laughs> I'm expecting my third. I'm a Black, Indigenous woman of color, Born and raised in Hawaii, and it's been an interesting journey so far, definitely with my partner and having kids, mm-hmm. and being in a, a, like, visible, visibly hetero relationship, mm-hmm. right? Not, not what I imagined for myself when I came out as bi in mm-hmm. high school. I was like, I'm going to be queer as fuck. Yeah and that's how it happened i ended up with a super straight cis guy um i did
0: too (laughs) i did too
3: (laughs) i'm just like how did this happen i don't know but we're happy it's great that's good um
0: are you monogamous
3: is it a monogamous
0: relationship yes okay yes we are a monogamous relationship so you came out early. You came out in high school. What was that? What was that like for you to be out as a bisexual person in high school? And did that translate into you being able to date bisexually?
3: Right. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I guess I I came out as bi when I first I started forming a relationship with another girl. Oh, Okay. Um, and, and it was something I'd always kind of known about myself but hadn't really like allowed myself to explore or anything um at a young age I remember feeling attraction you know like to my best friends to my girlfriends in mm. school, but not like not knowing how to act on that right or being like well I don't want them to like reject me you know by telling them I like them right um, and especially like in elementary and middle school like everybody it's all about getting a boyfriend right mm-hmm. um so everybody was all into that. I was actually like one of the first guys I ever kissed and went out with. I was like set up by my friends. Um, and I mean, I knew I was attracted to guys, but I also knew that wasn't the only type of person I was attracted to. Right. I guess I, lately I've been struggling with, if I, if I really identify as bi or not. Right. Because I am also attracted to trans people. Mm. Um, or non-binary people, right? So they don't fit in that. They don't binary part, yeah. So, you know, I guess, I was like, I, I guess I'm not really bi? Like, well, <laughs>
0: that's actually a good part of the conversation that I think has started to happen in really, really small pockets. Because uh, I have friends that identify as bi and some that identify as pan. And uh, I was, actually about six or seven months ago, I, w- I was kind of a- t- attacked by being... Or I was being accused of being transphobic because I described myself as bisexual. And I was fighting it because I don't, I personally don't assign to the the pansexual labeling because I think that I am actually attracted to two genders but within those two genders that includes trans people um like so for me I'm attracted to masculine presenting men I- male identified people and feminine presenting female identified people I don't tend to be attracted to uh, androgyny or or things like that so for me the binary isn't intact but that binary doesn't exclude trans people because you know like that just that's that's how it fits for me so when i was able to get a chance to explain that then it made sense and it was like oh okay so you know it's us being forgiving of each other not jumping to conclusions when someone says they're they're bi versus pan that they're not open i'm still very open i just i'm attracted to a presentation of masculinity and a presentation yeah. of and femininity. That's
3: how you identify. Then
0: that's so. my deal, yeah. And so I think it's a good part of the conversation, especially for us to have as a as a collective group of, of people who identify this way. Is you know what does it mean? I have another friend I actually talked to just earlier today who we've known each other for about fifteen years, and she's like, you know what? I think I think I'm finally getting to the point where I I am more comfortable describing myself as pan, and and so. I wanted to include that within this month, too, as we're celebrating bisexuality, is that the B plus portion, any of yeah. us that, you know, it's more than one gender for us, regardless of what that means, you know, more yeah, than one yeah. gender. So in your case, you, does it also, you and I are in a similar boat where, you know, both bisexual women, but we partnered with a a, a primary, at least in my case, I consider primary uh, male partner. Do, did you ever struggle with that as a, as a thing of uh, it closing off a portion of your sexuality, or are you able to exercise your sexuality, your full sexuality, even as you are in a monogamous relationship with a heterosexual male?
3: Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely something that we had to talk about, you know, like I was like, no, like, yeah, I'm attracted to women too, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and it was something I was scared he would fetishize, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how he's going to respond to this because other men I had been with, when I told them I was bi, it always became a fetish thing. Right. Um, you know, like, oh, well, let's have a threesome with a woman. And I'm like, that's not, like, okay.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> not what I was saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's my bisexuality, not our bisexuality. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I found a great guy and he's been like, he was just like, Oh, okay, cool. You know? So it's like, and we really like explored jealousy together, I mm. guess, in our relationship. Mm. Um, you know, and I talked about like, we've talked about how like we're still attracted to people, right? Like, right. I'm not necessarily going to act on it, but I, I'm, I'm still, I still have attraction to other people. Like if I see a fine woman, I'm going to be like, wow, she's really hot. Right. Um, you know um and so it's something that like we can kind of um like do together you know like mm-hmm. when we're out sometimes he's like ooh look at her butt and i'm like ooh yes that is a nice booty <laughs> um you know so it's, yeah. it's like some it's like a way for us to connect um so that's Mommy, fun Mommy look at that goal. i see <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that that's been i guess my experience um in my relationship so far and it's it's great it's fun yeah, yeah. So I am able to still be myself, you know, be open about my attraction to other people Mm -hmm. of either and all
1: genders.
0: Um, Right. So one of the things that, you know, we do talk about is the erasure. Being in a visibly heterosexual relationship, do you ever feel uh, like the need to be more vocal about your sexual orientation so that you're not, you know, sort of boxed in or pigeonholed?
1: A
3: little bit. Um, and it's interesting cause I, I call my partner, my partner, right. Um, mm-hmm. we're not, I'm not about, um, like state sanctioned anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you get to know me, I'm super like anarchist, um, all about decolonizing actually me and one of my friends have a podcast called decolonized parenting. Um, nice. so marriage isn't something I've ever identified or wanted. Um, and so it's funny though when I tell people partner, they a lot of times people assume I'm with a woman, um, right? So so that's been really fun. Or like you know, it's been really interesting being like, oh no, like he he is my partner, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, why do you call him your partner? Right? And then that's a really <laughs> the whole conversation um, about husbands and wives and right. relationships, right? And, and all of that. So that's been really fun, um, especially during my first pregnancy. When I would, tell, you know, we'd like go to the doctor. I remember my midwife, I told her, I was like, this is my partner. And she was like, so is he the father or he's just your partner? So our midwife was awesome. But it was really cool that like she didn't assume, right? Yeah, she was like, okay, you're calling him your partner, but I'm not sure what his role is in this pregnancy. Yeah, I guess people um, need to
0: figure out the language and what's more comfortable. I think it is becoming more common to be able to do that now with comfort, with, with fewer questions. But yeah, it's it's a thing. <laughs> Uh,
3: yeah so that's it's been really interesting because we've been together now for almost five years so mm-hmm. it's like almost every time I say my partner people always kind of give me a look like wait are you a lesbian like you know um and then it's you know it does sometimes turn into a conversation of you know well I'm bi but I have a cis male you know mm-hmm. um a cis male hetero you know hetero partner but he, we've chosen to use the term partner as it it's a term that we identify more with than husband or wife.
0: Because this is Bisexual Visibility Month, and we want to celebrate the hell out of all the people on the B plus umbrella. Uh, why don't you take a few seconds to celebrate yourself?
3: Yeah, um, I guess I'm I'm grateful for the experiences that I had, and that they allowed me to be more open i guess about sexuality and things like that like one of my best friends is gay and we always had like you know we're still best friends and i've known him since middle school so we had a wonderful time always talking about these things he always loved coming to my place and like talking to my mom about stuff right Mm -hmm. Um, and we still like have fun like talking about this i guess our alternative lifestyle
0: well that sounds like you're celebrating somebody else and i know it's a struggle but celebrate something about you because that was the next section where we were going to celebrate somebody else but we need to celebrate you real fast okay okay
3: okay i you know what i am really excited to be raising my children as myself Mm. and being able to also offer them an open and loving environment to explore who they are, right? And what they nice. like and what they want their lives to look like.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to be able to offer that. Why don't we family. celebrate you for a second? Cause that's <laughs> what this thing is about. I want you, I challenge you to take this moment to celebrate your bisexual ass and tell everybody what is so awesome about you. Oh,
1: See, this is the kind of question you have to prompt ahead of time. You can't just... No,
0: I want... First thing, what's, what happens? Celebrate yourself. What do you love uh, the most about your bisexual self?
1: Um, I like that I'm kind, especially with everything we've been talking about.
0: Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, that might seem really simple, but especially in the work that I do, I have just met so many people who treat people like they don't have the time of day for people mm. or they invalidate people or they hold their opinions above that of others or like, it's not hard to be kind. Um, And I think it
0: is because the evidence supports that people really struggle with
1: it. But I'm really good at it. And I think that's a really awesome thing. So I'm gonna stick with that, because there's too many people who don't do that. And, um, and it's, it's the thing that I think I'm most happy about myself as, you know, I have a a lot of things going on. um, But despite all that I think I'm just like a genuinely nice person and it seems like I'm running into less Mm. and less of those people so Mm. I'm really that makes me really happy good and you know because I take all kinds being really nice gives you a lot of open doors
0: right exactly Celebrate the bisexuals So it is your time To celebrate you <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I think Alright we're, we're just going to go with this and see how it comes up Do it. So I feel like this happened at just the right time In my life because The old grumpy black man Is like just starting to manifest
0: Yes I can't wait
2: and we can I be old, grumpy black damn. men
0: together.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave the socks to you, though. That's, that's not gonna be my style. I'm, gonna, I'm
0: pulling them all the way up.
2: Black dress up, <laughs> Stacy oh, Adams. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just like, there was a time where I'd really care and want to fit in and want people to, uh, you know, recognize my identity, and I'm just like, I just don't give a damn. You're gonna be ignorant. <laughs> Bye. Right. Peace. Um, and it's—I I feel like it's exactly the right place to be, and and not just bisexuality, but also relationships. um mm-hmm. You know, I think, as I said, you know, I think falling in love, falling in lust, platonic friendships are all blessings. I want to enjoy as many of them as I can. If I care about you, I want that for you too. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you insist that you know it's monogamy is one and so forth, I'm like, I just, I just, I don't care, like. We're going to do our own thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hike up my pants, you know, snap on my suspenders. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: You got the suspenders. I got the socks. Got it. Okay. We just need a porch (laughs) with a couple rocking chairs, some sweet tea. That'll be good.
2: (laughs) So I'm going to, that's what I'm celebrating the uh, old grumpy bisexual black man. Awesome.
0: And before I ask you to celebrate someone else, I do want to say on a personal note that. You're one of the people that I celebrate because you're like one of, I don't know how to say it. You're one of the easiest people to know. And I mean that in just like you, you have an openness and a welcoming kind of energy that like from the second we met, done. Like this, yeah, you're in my life. I, you know, there was just something about you that I really connected, and I don't feel that we really had awkwardness in the beginning. I mean, besides the like we don't know I think each when other. we're
2: both awkward, we just cancel out the awkward. I
0: <laughs> hope that that's what happens because that <laughs> like I felt comfortable with you really quickly, and it's you're one of the relationships that, even if we don't talk often, I'm excited when we do and if i do see a text or a message pop up from you i'm like "Ooh, what's this gonna be you know like i'm excited to to get to exchange with you whenever i do so i would like to celebrate you for that um to being a comfortable person i think that is a dope type of person to be
2: see my allergies are acting up so i'm just gonna just gonna dab my nose (laughs) those damn
0: allergies yeah (laughs) but thank you Buy Furious with Mixed Girl Maine is a Maine Hustle Media podcast. Produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Theme song for this show is called "Biconic," written by Conrad Music. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Buy Furious Pod. And if you like what you hear on Buy Furious with Mixed Girl Maine, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Maine Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.